0: I want to take a minute and talk about shop boss. It's the ultimate solution for automotive shop management. It's built by industry experts with real world experience. In fact, the founder was a former shop owner himself. Now shop boss is designed to be user friendly, making it easy to set up, learn and teach your team with boss pay powered by 360 payments. Enjoy integrated payments with digital signature capture text to text pay. PayPal, and Venmo options, consumer financing, and now surcharging, all seamlessly integrated into ShopBoss. Say goodbye to the hassle of managing separate sets of books. Everything you need is built right in. But that's not all. ShopBoss also offers built-in DVI functionality, eliminating the need for third-party solutions. See how they can simplify your auto shop at shopboss.net forward slash gearbox. shopboss.net forward slash gearbox. That's shopboss.net forward slash gearbox gearbox my name is jimmy purdy shop owner master tech transmission builder and the host of the gearbox podcast Here I talk with new and seasoned shop owners as well as industry professionals about day-to-day operations within their own shops and all the failures and successes that come along the way. From what grinds your gears to having to shift gears in the automotive industry, this is the Gearbox Podcast. We're rolling. This is
1: it. What have we done? This is it. I'm happy to be here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you got to start by who you are. We got we got to really draw this thing back because I think I have a problem with the inside jokes and uh-huh. and knowing who comes in, right? But no one else who's listening is knows any idea what's going on,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, you got to let him know, you know. Yeah. So Kyle Hogue, my name is Kyle Hogue. Um, I grew up in the eight hundred five. I grew up in the Tascadero. Um, grew up in the car scene. Grew up in the lowrider scene. Um, yeah, I mean. Mother passed away when I was real young, and I had an opportunity to move out to Las Vegas. I was out there for about sixteen years, and came back about five years ago. You know, yeah, yeah. But it's been a it's
0: been a rough ride
1: to say the least. It's been a it's been a roller coaster for sure. <laughs> it's been yeah. all over the. Place. It's been all over the place. Yeah. So this
0: is not your first time on a mic either, right? No, I mean, you've definitely had your fair share of interviews. I've had them. Yeah. 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 You probably find your face on a, a couple well-known. TV series as well?
1: Yes. Right? Yeah.
0: Okay. That's exciting, huh?
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool, you know? Something to look back out, you know?
0: Yeah, we're going to dive into all that stuff, too. Dive
1: into it, brother. We're going <laughs> <into it. laughs>
0: We got to dive into the deep end here and really let... Yeah. Because I think it's important, a lot of people getting in the, into the auto industry, or maybe they're in it, fabrication is what everybody wants to do. Yeah. Everybody wants to build badass cars, right? Yeah. And they have no idea what it is. Or they think they do. They think they do. Yeah. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. They think that's what they want, but is it, I don't know. <laughs> there's a sense of pride, right? Yeah. Of course. Yes. And of course there's a lure behind it. I mean, that's why everybody wants to do it. Yeah. But you actually ran a shop. Yes. And that's what you
1: did. Yes.
0: For a while.
1: A long time. Uh, yeah. A long time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What was your bread and butter? I mean, how'd you, how'd you make money?
1: Getting, that's the important getting thing. getting the work done yeah. you know um you had to come through you know and the, what's what's hard about running a fabrication shop is that there's not like there's not like that easy money you know when you're building custom cars you know like there's, there's, it's not like changing tires. It's not like maintaining vehicles. Right. It's not like an auto mechanic shop right. where you get cars in and out. You're changing starters, you know, you're doing whatever, you know. And, and I went to UTI when I was younger and I was like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to a car school, you know, this is going to be awesome, you know. But when I got there, I, quickly realized that that is not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to work in a dealership. I didn't want to, to do that type of, the
0: turn and burn. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of my teachers told me, he's like, you know, you guys are going to make 60 grand a year, you know, and you're going to do good. And, and I, and I straight up told him, I'm like, well, what if I want to make more than that?
0: Yeah.
1: And he's like, well, you know, you can become a service manager. Like he never said anything about being an owner. You know, or anything like that. He was just like, you know, talking about being, you know, this average guy, you know. And I'm like, well, I, I want to make more money than that. Yeah, I want to, I want to build stuff. I don't want a ceiling. I don't want to
0: cap it anywhere, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it was. And that was. What, I mean, how long ago was that when you went through the program? I
1: was. Uh, I was 17 when I was able to go to UTI. I was. I was in Vegas, and me and my buddy Giancarlo Ladon. We're going to school together and he was like, dude, he's like, I found this way to get, to get our diplomas. He's like, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, what do you mean you found a way to get your diploma? And we were like 16 when this was going on. So this was back in 2004, 2005 ish. Or I think it was 2004 because we spent 2005 New Year's in Phoenix when we were in school. But, uh, He's like, yeah, I found this this place, university high school in Florida. We pay him and we take four tests and he's like, I want to go to college. I want to go to school. And I had never thought about going to college or school or nothing for for, you know, cars. Right. But uh, you know, it was a good idea and me and my friends always had cool cars, you know, like there's a guy named Ty Leon and Matt Atkins and Chris Ackley. Like those were like my biggest those guys right there. Those guys were building the coolest shit in school. Like they, they had the coolest trucks. You know, out in Vegas, it's it's all about the off road scene. You know, custom cars. But these guys had a welder, had a bender, and had the motivation. And they're still doing stuff to this day. That's just incredible. You know, they're out there driving their trucks and building their trucks. And you know, those guys had a lot to do with the motivation. That so
0: yeah, the transition between go into a technical school like that, and that's all they push. They want you to get in the dealership, yeah, right. Because of course, there is some politic <laughs> politics behind that, yeah. Trying to pull guys out of the UTI and Yotech and get them into a into their dealership, put the golden handcuffs on it, yeah, you know, and then just you just turn and burn flat rate, yeah. So like transitioning and making that leap, you either got to get lucky, or you got to work really really hard. And when you say work really really hard, it's like. <laughs> the next level to try to get a shop where you can actually make a profit building cars. Yes. So how do you make that transition?
1: You just do it. You just do it. You can't be scared. (laughs) Yeah. If you, uh, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of kids that would see me, you know, when I had my shop, when it was at its prime, you know, and, and, and let me say this, I lost it all, you know, from my own mistakes, but there was a time when I was doing really well with it. And kids would always come up to me and be like, oh man, I wish I could do this. You know what I mean? And I go, you can, you just have to do it. When I opened up my shop, I didn't have one job. I had a, a huge payment. I had a little welder. I had a craftsman toolbox. I had a used lift that I bought and that was it. And my father-in-law at the time was like, dude, if it just, just do it, you're going to be fine. You know, you have the drive. And I, I was putting up cell phone towers for a long time. And I told my boss, I'm like, dude, I'm going to quit. I found the shop. I'm going to go, I'm going to go build hot rods. And then the next thing you know, six months later, I got freaking four guys working for me and shit's going good. And there's 68 Camaros and GT forties and Cobras and off-road trucks in my shop. And I'm like, Rad. Wow. <laughs> this is actually, you know, I'm paying payroll taxes and you know, there's, there's a lot that comes with it, but you just have to do it. Yeah. Well, and, I, I mean, there's a little bit of knowledge
0: that comes in too. So to be able to start from like a general auto repair and then just, Hey, I'm going to build this car. I'm going to fabricate everything yeah. with this tiny little welder and this little craftsman box. I mean, that that's a little bit, I think there's a little bit of, um, what would you call it? Just like a basic knowledge that you had that came kind of from maybe nowhere. It's, it's, it's hard to explain exactly yeah. what that is. Either you got it, or you don't, I guess is what e- I'm getting at. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Some guys try to get it and they just don't realize exactly. the level of quality or the level of attention to detail that just has to be instilled within you. Yes. I don't know if, I don't know if you can teach that. You can't. You I'm can't. sure you you had in, in that custom shop, you had a lot of guys come and go. Um and you probably saw that, right? You probably saw some guys coming like, dude, how, why are you missing this? Why aren't you doing it like
1: this? Why, like... Yeah, there right? was a there was a couple guys that, you know, oh, I can do this, and I can weld, and I can do that. And, you know, I had this one guy who came in, and, you know, I had this, like, $500,000 truck going on. And it was, like, a nice truck. And I had the firewall all tacked in and ready to go. And it needed to be MIG welded up, you know, on the bottom. And so I had him do these lines. And you know, this guy's supposed to be a really badass you know, welder. And I, I, it's just, you know, you get those guys that say they can do it and then they can't, you know, and then you got to let them go because you can't pay people at the same time. When you're doing that type of work, you can't pay people to learn. You can, but they have to, they have to be able to teach themselves to a point. Yeah. You know,
0: and there's no book they can go read for that stuff. Exactly. There's no like, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm a pretty good welder too. Oh so. yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we we learn as we go. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when you're stepping into a job like that, you you better be able to step up and, and yeah. swing not only swing for the fences, but actually hit the ball. Do your homework. I mean, Do yeah. buy a
1: welder. You <laughs> yeah. know, yeah, <laughs> buy, a buy a good one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't have a very good welder. Maybe that's what it is. It's all good, man. But, <laughs> But it's interesting to be able to go from from that aspect and you're running a business, right? Running a shop. I mean, so maybe someone listening right now is thinking about doing that same thing. I want to do fabrication shop. I like that. I watch all the shows on on TV. And that's what I want to do. I want to I want to build cars, I want to sell them. But the finance part of it is the most important part because that's what pays rent. Yes. So how do you how do you bid a car like that? How do you even get it in an estimate? And and there's clients that come in and it's like here's my checkbook, make it happen, right? Yes. But they know you. You've built a few of them for them already, or yeah. or you you get your word out, your name's out now, and everybody knows Kyle Hook. That's where you go to get a, a car built, in yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Right. So they just give you the check. But how do you get to that point where not only are they willing to open the checkbook for you, but how do you even start bidding a car like that? I mean, it just sounds like it would just be a two-year project, right? A year to two-year project to build a car. You got a half a million dollars into it. I mean, what's your what's your process from, like, at that time of collecting the money as you go?
1: Usually, you know, at at first, I didn't really know what to do. I had, That's fair. I had we no... N- nobody does. I had no fucking clue right. on what to do when I first opened up my shop. But uh, obviously, it started with small jobs. And then... My, I'll tell you about my first big job. My first big job came in. This guy's like, you know what? I want a 57 Chevy or I want a 55 Chevy truck, big window, but I want LS this. I want this. I want this. And I just threw him out there. I said, that's going to cost you a hundred grand. And he's like, well, you know what? Find me a truck. Let's do it. So Any advice I could give to somebody trying to do that, you have to, you can't be scared. You have to, you have to really know that that's what you want to do. And you have to know that you can deliver this, this, you know, this product. Cause a lot of people do it and they don't deliver and they think they can do it and then they get into it. And then, you know, when somebody gives you a hundred grand, you know, let's just say somebody gives you a hundred grand that opens up a window too, you know, how responsible are you with somebody else's money?
0: Yeah, that much of it too.
1: That's a lot, you yeah. know? So I don't know. This truck that I'm talking about, this 55 Chevy turned into this $500,000 build. It took me three years to do. Delivered the guy, you know. Um, But like the first time I, we were working and like, I bill I would build my customers every month, but for the first year that I was doing this, I mean, I was like scared. I was taking money off because fabricating, you know, there's so much time involved, you know, to, yeah. to, to do things. And it's like, people don't realize, yeah, you could pay the guy Joe down the road to do it in his backyard, but you're not going to, it's just, it's just not going to really work out like you think it is. <laughs> Okay. It never does. He's going to do it it for 500 bucks. Okay. He's going to put an LS motor in your truck and you're going to, you know, you're going to have a good day. It's not going to happen like that. Okay. You know what I mean? So, um, I remember the first time I sent my first big bill out and I was sitting there and it was like 35 grand, you know, for this labor job on this, on this And We're still talking about this 55 Chevy truck. Right. He wanted this dashboard in it and he wanted all this stuff. He wanted a 55 Beller dashboard in this truck. And I'll tell you right now, to make a 55 Beller dashboard fit in a 55 Chevy big window truck is extremely hard. Well, I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, trying to send him this bill and I'm like looking at it and I'm like, fuck, I got to take like 10 grand off. You know, I can't, I can't send him this bill, you know, he's going to tell me I'm fucking crazy. And my, my, my wife's like, no, fuck that. Just send it to him. You -hmm. know? And I like, look at my guy, you know, I'm like, dude. And he's like, dude, I, I worked all these hours. I mean, it's done, you know? And I, and I looked at the truck and I'm like, you know what? He got what he wanted. It's done. Fuck it. You know, I'm going to send him the bill.
0: Yeah, it's not like there's a comp. You can't go look at the other truck that had to exactly put in there.
1: Like hey, exactly, how much, how
0: much did you charge to put the desk yeah? In? <laughs>
1: you know, you know, and 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 there was more stuff, but I mean, this was a serious build, you know. And and we worked on this truck, and there was thirty five thousand dollars worth of labor on this truck for one month for yeah. three guys, you know. Yeah. And uh, I sent it to the guy, you know, scared as hell, and I get a phone call from him like fifteen minutes later, <laughs> and uh, answer the phone, you know. And he's like, hey, Kyle, he's like, truck looks good. He's like, I got a credit card for you. And I'm like, fuck, I don't even have a credit card machine hooked up at this point. <laughs> so I just write down his credit card number, you know what I mean? And like, that's when I realized I got to get my shit together. I'm in business for real. Yeah. You know, I got to take this more seriously. You know, I was like 23 when this was going on. I'm 35 now. So or I was like 25, you know, 24, 25. But uh, you just have to shoot. Just go for it, dude. You, you know on. you want to be a lawyer. You know you got to go to law you school. Gotta it, yeah. You got to do it. You know you yeah. want to be a doctor. You got to do it. It's it's the same way with everything. But this is the more the more the school of hard knocks, though. I think the fabrication part of it is more school of hard knocks.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, anything in the auto industry is everything. I mean, and and in in that field of fabrication, that is definitely the the scariest part. I feel like taking what you said and sending that bill over is thinking that he thinks that you're ripping them off. Right? Yes, exactly. Number one. Number Anytime one, you want to send a big bill to anybody in the auto industry, you immediately just think that they think you're ripping them off. Yeah. Right? Because there's so much of that. Just like Joe, the backyard builder, that's going to build your LS swap for 500 bucks.
1: Right, that's the guy giving us a bad name, dude. Exactly, you know, that's
0: yeah. exactly right. Yeah, and he's also the one that's going to send that bill for twenty or thirty thousand and then do nothing. Exactly, right. Yeah, and then now that client is now shell shocked because they got because they got ripped off by yeah. one person. So everywhere they go now, they're 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 just scrutinizing all the good shops. Exactly, all the good people constantly. Yeah, and that's like the biggest rub, right, for our industry. It's like. Yeah what it doesn't matter if it's like general auto repair or fabrication or whatever it is. Right. Right. But getting back into the fabrication side of it, running a custom shop like that. So looking at like parts, you just do a lot of labor, right? So, yes. So our, our kind of general auto repair is like we have a markup. We do our GPs on parts, on labor, constantly monitoring everything. When you got guys in the shop, and you're measuring like an efficiency. Was that something you ever looked at or did you just do dollar per hour? These guys are the best of the best. Whatever time they have, it's dollar per dollar going on that bill or did you look at, "Hey, you're here for eight hours. What did you do? You needed to do this." I mean, how do you how do you
1: judge that? Or is that something you look When at? I ran it when I ran the shop, each car had its own each car had its own hourly rate. Okay. Not not hourly rate. Let me take that back. So each car so if, if, if my guy's working on this truck, that guy's paying for that truck. He's paying for the work that's getting done on that truck. If, and that's how I did it. So each vehicle in the shop, like I didn't just pay guys. I had enough work for them to go to each one of their jobs, and the customer would be getting paid for those jobs.
0: The, the, the tech or the, the, the employee?
1: F- the fabricator, my employer, whatever, yeah he yeah. would he would just build a client directly. we would build a client directly for their builds every month.
0: I see did you make money off of their work though?
1: I made money off of the hourly hourly labor okay. but since there was always so much hourly hourly labor, I never upsold them on parts period okay so you yeah. made
0: no part sales? I
1: made you? no part sales at all. It was strictly fab fab work so when they're
0: fabbing when they're working, you took their eight hour day and say split it or how, I mean, how was, so like a flat rate kind of situation, you pay them for eight hours. If they go over that, you give them a bonus incentive.
1: Oh, I, I paid, I paid them their hourly rage, you know? Okay. Yeah. Like, like I had, a I had one guy working for me, you know, he was really good. You know, he made 35 bucks an hour and he could work, he could work as many hours as he wanted a week. I see. I remember I used to give that, I remember I gave that guy a $3,500 check for one week one time. I was like, damn, dude. You put a lot of hours in. I have never gotten a check that big, dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, dude. But, you know, like the work's there, you know, and, and that's the thing. There's There's so many people that want custom work done that can't do it themselves. And mm-hmm. there's so many shops out there that have, you know, Put the bad name out there, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and they the they
0: claim to fame they, they claim they are, but they're not or Yeah, you know.
1: And I'm not perfect, you know what I mean? I'm not perfect. I made a lot of mistakes on the way, but uh, you know, it is what it is and it uh I, I learned from my mistakes for sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah,
0: it's yeah, just interesting running that kind of shop and trying to figure out, you know, if you have a really good month and then you have a really poor month. And it's like, how do I adjust accordingly and being able to monitor for, for me, it's easy. Well, not easy, but I can, I can take a job, water pump, three hours. I put a tech on it. It should take them less than three hours, preferably. If it takes them four hours, we're going to have a conversation. Yeah. And I can take each job throughout a week, two week, month long period. These are the jobs you're assigned. You were here for eight hours a day, 40 hours a week okay and you put on uh, you know on average 30 hours of time into the shop for the 40 hours you're there what do you do with the other 10 hours like i can really dial in and know exactly how much work is going in to the shop versus how much time he's there right. and i just i just feel like wrapping my head around that process into a fabrication shop is like it's a fucking
1: nightmare <laughs> it's a fucking nightmare dude <laughs> straight up
0: just short of but you know what i'm saying like yeah. it's just it's so it seems easy now when i look when i think about running a custom fab shop and then i i i look at that and take that difference from just a general auto repair shop or gen- transmission shop or whatever and it's like wow my process seems pretty Easy, <laughs> yeah. in comparison. Yeah, right? I take my part. I mark it up sixty percent. I can run my part sales. I can know my GP and my sales. It's like okay, I've you know what I I sold X amount in parts and I made this percentage on it. Okay, cool. I'm not making enough. Bump up my percentages on the low end because I sold a lot more uh, hundred dollar and under parts. And it's like it's so easy to manage the numbers that way. Yeah, but when you're dealing with pure labor and you're dealing with the human element being your number one labor source, yeah, that is just like. It was tough. Yeah. Next level. I,
1: I was, uh, I had no idea what I was doing. I was completely 100% winging it for a long time and it was, it was tough, but it worked. It worked. Well, you made a lot of money, right? I made a lot of money. I made like big money, right? I made big money. Yeah. (laughs) You did really well. I made, I made a lot and I lost it all, you know? If I could tell anybody out there, stay the fuck away from drugs, okay? Because yeah. it will just ruin your life. Yeah, I had to start over, and uh, but yeah, I made I made a ton of money, and the ton of money when you're that young, it 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 um what's the word I'm looking for? You, you could get you could take advantage of it really fast, and that's yeah. another thing. You know, that's just that's a whole another part of it. That like you know, that's why a lot of people come and go. Yeah, it's a lot of the reason why there's the one hit wonders. You know, yeah. it's it, it's just uh, it's life is.
0: Well, there's two different kinds of money problems: not enough and too much. Too much. There's yeah, I mean, yeah. Be happy. Be happy in the middle, you know. Because be it, happy in the middle, you know. Yeah. I mean, managing not enough money is is just as hard, if not harder, than managing too much money. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for your mind and for everything else. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but we can touch on that if you want to a little bit stepping into I mean, anything what, you want, man. So, so what? I got nothing to hide. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so not not to bring the negative connotation, but what was ultimately the the demise, if you want to say? I mean, what, meth, methamphetamine. Yep. Well, in that process, though, as stuff's kind of starting to strip away from you and falling apart. Yeah, what I mean is there anything in particular that you look back now and say, of course you can look back and say, yeah, I should have done that. But business wise, or I mean, was there like a certain like straw that broke the camel's back in a sense, or was it just kind of a buildup? And finally you're like, you had a realization where you're like time to step away.
1: You know, the man, I tell people a lot, like, I used to build things, you know, cause it was cool, you know? And I used to, I had this, I had this mindset. Like I came from a Tascadero, you know, California, you know, there's cool shit here, but when you go from a Tascadero to, you know, a, and I, and, and I, a lot of people don't know this, but like, you know, my family, my Hogue family is, is, is very, you know, um, uh, They have a very lucrative business, you know,
0: world world renowned, world renowned, you
1: know, multi, multi, multi million dollar company a year. You know what I mean? But, but I, I didn't come from that. I didn't meet my family on my dad's side until I was much older. I never had any of that money or any of that. I grew up on my mom's side of the family. You know, my dad was a drug addict, you know, and my dad, you know, my dad messed up a lot. I... Did not meet my dad until the day my mother died. And then I had a stepdad that raised me. You know, I didn't know who this guy was. So, fast forward when I'm in Vegas, you know, I was 18 when I got a hold of my dad. So, I, people think like, oh, you know, Kyle Hoog, you know, he's, you know, came from all this money, whatever, you know, like that's not, that's not what happened. So, my point is, is like, I came from a Tascadero. I came from a poor kid. You know, I, I, I did a lot of time in juvenile hall. I was a troublemaker. I moved out to Vegas, you know, and it was like a fresh start, you know what I mean? And I was just like, I got, I got put into this world that was so amazing, but like I took advantage of it completely. I took advantage of people. I took advantage of myself. I took advantage of opportunities, you know, but I was young. I didn't know any better. You know, so like, like for instance, when I, I had this big old boat, you know, I had this really nice big boat, you know what I mean? And I had my wife, I had my kid, I had a full ice chest, I had thousand dollar gas bill. My tanks are full, you know what I mean? I had all this money, but like the thing that I was thinking about is like, oh, who's going to see me on my boat today? You know what I mean? Like I wasn't thinking about like the whole life part of it, like it, it was just, uh, it was just way over my head. You know, I, I, I went from a poor kid to living this fast life and I didn't see the demise of it coming at all. It was like a, it was like a train coming straight at me yeah. and I was looking at it dead in the eye and it was just right over my head.
0: I mean, I think that's the same mentality that started it. Right. I mean, you have to have that mentality to dive into what you did in the first place. Yeah. So it's like, that's really tough to have the mentality and not be able to rein it in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, how do you separate the two? How do you you have that mentality of like, going in deep, I don't care what anybody thinks, check out what I can do. Yeah. And then once that starts happening and you're making it happen,
1: it's like, how do you pull the reins back? It's easy to make- How do you hit the brakes, you know? Well- for me it took losing everything to pull the reins you know but uh i tell everybody making a million dollars is the easiest part keeping that million dollars is the hardest part yeah it's the hardest part like that's like where i'm at in life now you know it's like okay i'm gonna build something again but i'm gonna keep it this time i'm not gonna Uh fuck it up (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) i'm not gonna i'm not you know it was it was it was crazy man it was Meeting people in Vegas and meeting all the different like to there's a lot of people in Vegas and they fly in by the 747s they fly out by the 747s you meet people from all over the world you meet all acts all aspects of life you know and but like me you know it just uh I couldn't say no to drugs you know I couldn't say no to the party you know I couldn't say no to none of it you know right
0: well what's what's gonna happen
1: it's gonna it's going to eat you alive. But at the time,
0: you know, at the time at, at where you were, you get, you get that opportunity, yeah. air, quotes, air quotes, an opportunity. What's gonna, what, What's the worst, you know? What's the I, worst I, I, that's going to happen? I'm yeah. taking over the
1: world. Look at me. Exactly. I'm on, I'm on top. Exactly. You can stop me. That's, that's, that's so true. Yeah. Exactly. Like,
0: how is that going to take me out? It, you know, do you know who I am? Exactly. Do you know who I am?
1: <laughs> I'm Carl Hogue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's that mentality
0: no. of like, and that's just like, you yeah. don't realize what is going to happen, Yeah. you know? And then getting to that point of like, you're on your boat one day and the next day you're,
1: it's all gone. It's like. I'm it's, on the side of the street, dude, with a needle stuck in my arm begging for money, you know? know? Like that's how bad it got, you right. know? I remember talking to my buddy, Kyle Alexander out in Vegas, you know, after, uh, or after I, you know, uh, you know, after I was been getting my life back a couple of years ago and I was telling him my story, you know me I mean? Him like grew up together and he's like, dude, I can't imagine like you being on the side of the road like begging for money and like telling people like I used to be this guy and I was on TV and you know and all these people are looking at you like who the fuck this guy you know what I mean like, he's just laughing like that is yeah. so fucking funny yeah but it's true you know and um it can happen to anybody if you don't respect yourself and and things in life you know like life like your mortality is is huge you know, and I never took my mortality seriously until after, you know, I did lose all my, everything. I lost everything, you know, and it, and it, and it, what you brought up is so true. Like that could never happen to me. It can, it can happen to you. It It can. can and does. It can and does. And it happens to so many people in this world. Yeah. So many people don't, get through it you know like oh, i'm yeah, I'm, yeah. L- I'm one of the lucky ones that was able to get through it but man it was a rough five years yeah it was a rough one
0: yeah i mean this is fa- fairly recent i mean as far as the horizon yeah. on the grand scheme of life yeah you know? yeah and you just bounce back and just keep taking it one day at a time right one day you can really too. that's all i can do but i mean st- starting out or kind of going back and circling back to like the time of being on top of the world until it all crumbling and kind of walk through that kind of process a little bit of like, so the shop starts falling apart. You start losing techs. You start losing jobs. I mean, how do you
1: powers getting shut off?
0: Yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you, when do you, in a sense, pull the plug? When do you just like say, you know what time for me to get help or do you get forced out?
1: I, uh, so I got a divorce I got a divorce in 2015, the end of 2015. I think it was finalized the beginning of 2016. By 2017 is when I sold my business. And what got to my what got to the point is I was I was just uh I was just so depressed and and in my addiction, you know. I lost all my employees. I lost you know i lost all my my business you know because i wasn't doing anything you know and you can't do it alone that's another thing i want to tell everybody out there right now if you think you can do it alone and you do it more power to you yeah you're like you're in the top you're half half, like you're you're fucking (laughs) whoa you know what i mean but uh uh, you know my ex wife you know god bless her heart you know i i had no idea you know that i needed her you know and and it sucks you know to to actually it doesn't suck but like i look back all the time you know and i just uh i needed her you know and and you got to have support when i didn't have her when i when i flushed all that down the toilet and I was walking into that shop every day without my wife and without my kid. And you know, it was, it was, it was dark, dude. Yeah. It like, was, what's, the, what's the point of all this? Now? It was dark. Yeah. I, all that stuff that I had, that's when I realized none of this shit makes me happy. Yeah. None of the money makes me happy. Cause I still had money. I had money. I had a lot of money, but I didn't know how to write a check. I didn't know how to pay bills. I, I had no idea I was getting, you know, my trash wasn't getting picked up. And I was like, calling the dump company, you know what I mean? Like, hey, why the fuck is my trash not getting picked up? I was well, you fucking gotta pay your bill, dude. And I'm like, oh, fuck. That's a that's a thing. You know what I mean? Like, that's how fucking clueless I was, you know, because my ex-wife, I'm a builder, you know? Yeah. I like building things. I'm not a financial guy i'm not a you know i'm not the money guy you know what i mean like well that's that's kind of the struggle
0: too with but just about every i mean not every but there's a lot of shops out there that that are struggle that, i mean they're in that sense right yeah like, I, I open the shop because i like to fix cars i like to build cars i like well, to put them together yeah wait i gotta i gotta pay for what now i gotta, I gotta pay who for what i gotta, uh-huh. I, gotta I gotta yeah I'm not making money. How am I not making money? The guy just paid me 50 grand to do this. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where's all the money going? Where's all the money going? Where's yeah. The, and it's like, yeah. I'll just build another one then. And you get into that perpetual cycle of like, well, if I'm not making enough, I just need to work harder. Yeah. I'm. I'm, not, I'm there's not enough money. There's not enough zeros in the bank account. So I'll just keep working harder. Keep working I'll, harder. I'll do, I'll do more jobs. I'll bring more work in. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. <laughs> and
1: it, it doesn't, doesn't
0: matter what indus- what part of the industry you're in, that never ever works not how much you make is how much you keep in a sense right
1: some people do it better than others that's for sure yeah, yeah you there's, know
0: there's a lot of numbers guys that have no business working on a car but they run a great shop yeah you know yes and then there's great fabricators great people out there have no business owning a shop
1: yeah you know and but they like, build it but they're just the most amazing yeah, you know right. cats meow shit you know right 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 yeah. and that's like you know the the
0: uh, what you call it, the golden employee in a sense. Yeah. That's like that. Yeah. <laughs> the one everybody's looking for, you know? And then right. and then that, that tech or that whatever you want to call him, he, he's looking for the shop owner that knows how to run the numbers because he's the one that makes the most money so it's yeah. like this constant balance of struggling trying to one trying to find the other yeah but when when you're starting into it or you're new to it you're just like i want to work for that guy because he builds badass cars yeah you know and it's like that's not the he's right got the, answer. he's
1: got the baddest <laughs> tools you know he's doing the baddest shit you know what i mean and but
0: he can't manage a shop to save his life so can't
1: manage. yeah like
0: well, yeah. well how come i'm not getting paid anymore <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: where's all the money going yeah. you know it's, man <laughs> i look back i look back And the day I decided to sell my shop at the time, I didn't realize that it was the best opportunity for me period. I was financially getting in the hole. I had work, but it wasn't getting done because you know, all my guys were just like, yeah, we're not working for you anymore. My checks are bouncing. You know, I have families, you know, like they had families like, but like I was so just this can't happen to me state you know that it it just i wasn't paying attention to any of it you know i was only thinking about myself you know and it, it uh i told four people about my shop i told danny at counts customs i told i told uh randy at performance motorsports in vegas i told i told tyler and rick at rick's restorations I told a few people and one of my employees bought my shop And I literally gave him the key one day. I hooked my boat up to my truck and I left. And that's when, and that's just when everything got like really crazy, really crazy. That's when my life started getting real crazy. I had all this money in my pocket and nowhere to go, you know, and it was, uh, I look back at it now. It was the best thing I could have done, you know, was to just walk away from it.
0: Yeah. It seemed like you picked probably the best opportunity or the best time. I mean, it sounds like a, a fairly educated decision to make. It's not like, I mean, in in the grand, not in the grand scheme, but in, in the process of this last, you know, 30, 40 minutes we've been talking, um, it definitely kind of skews the, the story a little bit as far as you kind of losing everything, everything getting torn away. It's like, that still seems like a pretty educated way of, of exiting. You still had a little, the wits about you to, I'm, I'm gonna sell this because it's still worth money right now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not like you waited for somebody to walk you out in handcuffs or take no. you out by your no by your by your shirt. You no. know. I so. was just like,
1: you know what? I'm gonna go do some drugs and I'm gonna go figure my life out, and that's exactly what I did. And it took me took me a while, but you know, a lot of soul searching involved in that. Right. But I wouldn't change it for the world. You know.
0: Yeah. So walking away from the shop was that like um. A- I mean, where's your, where, where's your mindset at that point? You're like, okay, I'm time to walk away. You
1: get, I was, you I get was lost. I was lost. Okay. Yeah. I was so lost. I had no idea where I was going to go, what I was going to do. All I knew is I had some money and I had a big bag in my pocket and I had my truck and I had my boat. Those were like the only things I cared about at that time, you know? But, um, uh, yeah, I, I can't, wild. E- it is, Yeah. It is. It was the only thing I cared about that I had possession of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I cared about my daughter, but I couldn't see her, you know, mm-hmm. I cared about my ex-wife, but I thought I hated her at the point at that time, you know, but you know, she was just protecting my daughter, you know? Yeah. And, and that's just, it, it just, uh, all I had was my truck and my boat and my cash, you know? And on the road. On the road. I went to Havasu, and four days later, my dad died, and I got that call, and that's when I came back to Paso.
0: You get back to Paso. We're in Paso Robles. That's where we're at.
1: So, yeah, so we're now, in now Paso. We're, everybody, you know, so now, I'm still here. <laughs> so now we're here. Yeah.
0: So now that's a transition for you, of course, which is which is big. I mean, right in this in this point of. Uh, I guess what we're talking about, because it's not like you changed industries. No. It wasn't the industry that did this to you. It wasn't- No. Right? No. And it's like, even after, I say it like that, which which sounds in a negative connotation, but even after all that- Yeah. You get yourself back in doing the same
1: thing, in a sense. I'll never stop.
0: Right. I'll never stop. Once it's in your blood, you can't get it out. You, you know? can't.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so
0: now, So now, here we are. And you're working around the corner. Yeah. Um, how is that? Of course, you have a lot of your internal stuff going on as far as personal life stuff. But taking the day-to-day of what you had been doing and where you're at now, how is that transition between running the shop, seeing these rad cars come out, $100,000, $200,000 builds, to getting a paycheck hourly and again not to make it sound like it's a negative thing but obviously
1: it's a big change for you the stress level is just not there anymore right you know so is it worth that if to me to me to me it's worth it completely you know what i mean because going back to people think you know the money and all this big stuff is going to make them you know feel better You know, and it is cool. It is cool to do those things. And there's a lot of people out there doing it and they're doing it and they're very successful at it. But like, that's a stressful life, you know, and, and some people handle stress and things differently than other people. But like now I work for, I work for the shop I work for and it's great. I love it. I'm able to understand where they're coming from as business owners. I'm able to make them money you know what I mean? And not take advantage of their situation, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if they're making money, I'm making money, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if they're making money, I'm going to get my paycheck every week, you know, yeah. the power is going to be on, there's going to be wire in my welders, you know what I mean? I'm going to have all the grinder blades I need, you know, oh, I, you know what I, I mean? Use a, I use a lot of those. You know what I'm saying?
0: I use those yeah, for my welding Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah. it's worked out good. I landed in a really good spot. You know, I got out of prison March 20th or no, July 28th or no, July 8th of 2020. So I've been out for almost three years. I think it's been three years. I don't know. 2023. Yeah. But I went up to my, you know, I went up to the shop and I said, Hey, you know, I'm, I need a, I need a fucking job, dude. Yeah. And you know, they knew who I was. They knew what I knew how to do. They also knew, I knew how to fuck up too, you know, but he's like, I'll give you a chance, you know, and it's just, it's worked out amazing since. Yeah, that's good. But it's good because I could see, I could see where I could help them make money and I know what to do to, you know, I'm in a mindset now is like, I know, I know what not to do to hurt the business, you know what I mean? Because I know exactly, I, I constantly go back. I'm constantly thinking about when I ran a business and it, it helps me be a better employee, you know what I mean? It helps me be a better mechanic, yeah, it's good you fabricator.
0: Took it, it's good that you took it that that direction because there is a lot of um, the other siders where- They don't care. They don't care and, and they know their worth, you know, they they ran a shop, they made- $150, $200 an hour Yeah, and they go work for somebody making 30 or 40 bucks an hour. And it's like, you guys are making a hundred dollars an hour off me. Like, yeah. you should, you should, you should like kiss the ground I walk on. Do you know who yeah, I am? You know who I am. Know I know who I am. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: That mentality is yeah. so big. It kills a lot of businesses. It's Especially in the aftermarket division. Yep. and And that's where you're at now. You're doing basic
1: oh basic i'm a tig welder you know <laughs> <laughs> i can weld tig you know like, like yeah whatever dude you know <laughs> like get to work yeah. Like like you clock in on time you know stay till six you know what i mean you get yeah. off at six stay till six you know do,
0: do the work that's being handed to you because yeah. there's someone else that's managing that schedule and grab you know, a broom yeah. grab
1: a broom you yeah. know yeah. like if you don't got nothing to do, grab a broom. You know? well,
0: and I'm sure you had jobs that would come in and you knew that that was not a moneymaker.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like
0: stepping back in time a little bit. So you you knew what came in. You knew what to grab. You was like, that, that's not going to make money. And some of it maybe was just your own intuition or your own gut. Like, I don't want to work on that. Right. right. But some of it, I'm sure you had your ones where you're like, that's going to make money. Oh, yeah. We need to get that job no matter what. Yeah. And so in most shops, that is like that. The owners are going to take... um Jobs in that they know is profitable, but sometimes the techs work and they're like, I don't want to work on that. This doesn't make any sense. It's like, that's yeah. not really your call to make.
1: It's not your call to make.
0: Right. And yeah. it's like so hard to have that be able to go from the owner aspect to the employee's aspect and still retain that and understand, like, I don't want to work on that. But if that's what they're telling me to do, that's what that's needs what to you, do. That's what you need to do. That's what makes money. Right. Yeah. And nobody's, yeah. I mean, and
1: it's never going to stop. Like, a lot of people are like, yeah, they get done with the job. They're like, oh yeah, I did a good job. It's like, okay, it's time to start the other one. It's time to start that other one that we got next. next yeah, next, yeah, get yeah. it on. You know, get it on. But uh, yeah, that that
0: isn't that's that's inter- that's another big point too because that is true. We're not done. Right. We're gonna we're, done. We're, not, we're never going to be done.
1: It's never going to stop. Yeah, like Friday okay. at
0: five, and you finish the job, and then it's like. You have a good, have, have yourself a great little weekend and then you, a little bit too much uh to come in on Monday. Cause you know, you took over the world that last week. It's like, you're not even, you haven't even started climbing the hill. We'll be doing
1: this for the next 40, 50 years, dude. Yeah. Let's get to work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, a lot of guys, you know, I feel like, you know, they're, they're, they want to do it because they want to be this person. But, uh, you know.
0: Yeah. It's gotta be the wrong reason, right? yeah i mean you can't be i feel like when you get to that point you don't even realize that's who you are no if you've done it right yeah you know yeah like you just people talk about you more than it should make you uncomfortable i feel like
1: yeah yeah
0: like you shouldn't really want the spotlight in a sense no you know because that means you're kind of doing it in the wrong way
1: yeah in a sense yes you know um I mean, of Go course, back. everybody likes to be recognized. Everybody likes to be recognized, yeah. you know? Um, but a lot of people want to be recognized without doing the work, and there's so many TV yeah. shows out there. Yeah. There's so many TV shows out there that, you know, um, and there's a lot of haters out there, you know? Gotta, oh, yeah. lo- gotta love you haters out there. I'm just saying. One con- love to the haters, dude. Con- con- controversy sells. Yeah. You know, so I love you guys bring, so bring much. You guys are my me. number one fans, okay? So... Um, <laughs> But, you know, like, me now, um, I've been on TV a few times. I've been on Discovery Channel. I've been on the History Channel. I just happened to be in a spot where I built a car, and the car got a lot of attention. And I had no idea... I had no idea what this car was going to do for me at the time. You know, I I built this car for fun. It took me like less than 30 days to build me and my buddy were just talking about it on the phone earlier. You know, um, my buddy Isaac from Vegas, you know, but I built this car and it just blew up. It just blew up. And the next thing you know, you know, um, a friend of mine, Steve Darnell, you know, we, he, he called me up, you know, and, next thing you know, I'm, I'm on, the, I'm on one of his TV shows, you know? And, uh, we kind of had like a little falling out. I was young, you know, and I kind of, you know, probably overstepped some boundaries. Not probably. I did. I, I overstepped some boundaries, but you know, we didn't talk for a while after that, you know? And, it, it, and I took it personal, you know? And that, that's another thing like, just don't take anything personal in this business. Yeah. This, a lot of people get butt hurt about nothing you, you know, know we're
0: all pretty emotional as yeah yeah <laughs>
1: like i'm not that guy anymore you know like i remember last year i went over to steve's shop i haven't talked to him in probably six years but we used to hang out all the time we used to hang out all the time and uh i went over to a shop in vegas when i was there and i just went in there dude and i was like hey man i want to clear the air i want to apologize you know like we did a lot of cool shit you know i miss i miss the old days you know but uh, i just want to let you know that i apologize for for my actions back in the day. so and that's that's where i'm at now. um be prepared like if you're putting yourself in the spotlight, be prepared to lose friendships, to hurt people's feelings, yeah. to get your feelings hurt. yeah. you know what i mean? um just all to
0: have, to have the haters after you. have the haters
1: the after trolls. you. Yeah. yes. Yeah. yes. yes, all the You You know, know,
0: you haven't been successful at least until you have at least three haters. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like, that's how you know you made it though. That's why
1: it's like, I I, I commend
0: them. Like, thank you.
1: Exactly. Now
0: I know I'm somewhere.
1: Exactly. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's great. You know, but, uh, I, you know, the TV thing, it was cool. It was really cool. I'm, I'm happy for it. I'm thankful for it, but I will never jump into it. Like I did back in the day ever again.
0: Right. You yeah. Know? You understand what the, uh, Yeah, the ties that come along with yeah. it, the strings that come yeah. along with it, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're a puppet at that point.
1: I met a lot of good people. I'm friends with a lot of them still. I'm, you know, there's a lot of them that don't like me to this day, you know, that I met along the way that used to like me, but I'm thankful for the friends that I have now, you know, because of it. Yeah. And those friendships will last me forever, you know, and and the, the non-friendships will last me forever too, yeah. you know, <laughs> but, uh, just be careful, be careful what you want, you know? Yeah. You're gonna yeah.
0: And you got it in a, a, kind of a golden age with TV. I mean, now it's not as, not as yeah. formidable as it used to be, you know, it's nobody. Really- there
1: was cameras everywhere in Vegas yeah. at that time. Right. It was just, it was crazy. That you was a hot thing, you know? And, and, you know, like I said, coming from a Tascadero, None of that was was real. Like I started building cars, you know, when I was young, and people started noticing it, you know. And then, and then one day it dawned on me, like, oh fuck, I'm just gonna open up a shop, you know. And then it just, uh, I'm super thankful for the knowledge that I was able to get in Vegas when I was there. I'm I'm thankful for it all, even the bad knowledge, even the bad times, the good times. TV, yeah, it's all, not it's TV. all knowledge. It's yeah. all knowledge. Yeah. It's all knowledge at this point. And, right. you know, uh, if you ain't learning from your mistakes, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, you should. And if you're not making any mistakes, you're fucking up because you're making mistakes. You're de- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> straight up. If you can't admit that, you're fucking up. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're wrong. You're, you're wrong. It. You're definitely wrong. Yeah.
0: If, you, if you can't look back yeah. at least once in the last year of the mistake you've made. Yeah. But that's the only reason, I mean, obviously, the only way you get better. Yeah. That's why you're here today. Yeah. Take your mistakes, you learn from them yep. and now you're better. Yes. And some people take the mistakes, they don't learn from them and they don't get better. No. Because they either don't know or they choose not to know. Something. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know. It doesn't it doesn't make a difference, you know. Yeah. What what the problem is is like day to day-to-day operations is it's constantly trying to improve, you know, whether you're an employee, an owner, I guess you can't call them owners anymore, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I never actually owned my writes, shop, okay? I worked for my shop, right, okay? Right. My shop owned itself, you know what I mean? Like, for you people out there that don't realize that, you know? Yeah. owner-operator. Yeah. Owner-operator. Yeah. My shop paid me, you know, and, and I never got paid, you know? <laughs> yeah, my you employees were, got paid.
0: Yeah, you were definitely in, in, in the thick of it as far as working day-to-day. Yeah. And that's a, I think that's another big thing, too, is, I mean, starting any business... But any auto shop, I mean, you're, you're going to work yeah, a lot. A lot. So you're going to be a tech or a mechanic, but you're also going to write the checks. You're going to like write the power bills. Or you're going to pay somebody big
1: money to do it for to you. do it for you. But if you don't have that money, then
0: yeah. you can't do that. Yeah. You know? And, and I, even, if, even if you yeah. have
1: the money, you don't want to pay somebody to do that, but <laughs> you've got to do it anyway, you know? Because that's how the ball rolls. You know? Right.
0: I think the sooner you realize that you need to put good people... In those positions, and you start realizing that every position in a shop is a highly paid shop, the better off you are. When you start realizing that you can't write service and do the job, because those are two separate jobs—yeah, two separate eight-hour jobs—yeah, two separate eight-hour jobs that should be paid eighty to one hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, you're not worth two hundred thousand dollars a year working.
1: I don't care who you are.
0: Right. Yeah. Like manually work. You you can be, if you're smart enough to put those people in the right places and treat them well, Yeah. then you're worth $200,000 a year. But you writing service, writing tickets, doing the job, collecting the check, that's not worth $200,000 a year, (laughs) you know? And it's, I mean, it just translates right over and even into the aftermarket stuff. You can't build the car and run a business, you know? but. It's, it's even harder because you have the, the QC, the quality control you have to try to conduct when you're fabbing a car or building a car is like next level. You have to be a part of that process the entire time. Right?
1: Mentally too. Yeah. Mentally, you have to be there building that car. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're, you're thinking about the when next you're part. thinking about bills and checks and payroll and your wife and your kids and your everything, you know what I mean? Like that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's the used to go to car night. shows all the time, you know, my cars and they're like, Oh, it's, Oh, it must be nice. You know, it's like, dude, <laughs> dude, you know how freaking hard it was to get these cars here. You know what I mean? Like working our asses off on these cars, you know what I mean? Yeah. Plus, you know, doing the family thing or whatever, you know, like that's a lot. Life is a lot. Yeah. You know?
0: And, and you take and you take home I mean you take the work home with you you can't help it. and for the most part I mean for me on day to day stuff I can I can pretty well isolate that I, I get a i get a hard diagnosis or a hard assessment come in or or something like that i'm thinking a little bit about, like man man it's got fuel it's got air it's got spark why wouldn't it start right like you sit there and kind of and you're thinking about a little bit you're home, thinking so, you about know, it when you're in bed yeah but you're but then, thinking
1: about it when you're in bed oh yeah yeah oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah.
0: And, but then you i can turn it off and like you know what i'll figure it out tomorrow right but in the process and it's not like i've built enough cars to even count on one hand right but i mean i kind of understand the process of like once you got that thing stripped down, which is the most fun part, in air quotes again, like, that's fun to take a car apart. Yeah. You're thinking about every damn part of that car going back together now, right? And, I mean,
1: for myself- At least, at least 20 times. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, <laughs> and, and it's my
0: own personal stuff, and it's like, I'm not doing it for money, so I'm not terribly anxiety ridden about- uh you know, making sure I get it all right. I'm just like I'm doing this for fun, this is for myself, but I'm still thinking about like research, you know? Yeah. Constantly. What am I gonna do the front, the back? What do I want this thing to look like? What wheels am I gonna get? Like what electrical harness am I gonna get? What what paint am I gonna paint it? It's just like this on and on and on and on, never stop. And I could only imagine having like ten or fifteen cars torn apart like that. And and you're the owner. You're you're the front man. Like Boy, this sounded really fun when I started, didn't it? It
1: sounded like a blast, (laughs) but I'll tell you what. You know what I'm saying? And then you, and then, and then there's a reason why Richard Rawlings is the front guy. He's the man. Okay. He's the guy, but he don't build cars. You know what I'm saying? But there's a reason why he is successful like he is because he knows he stays in his lane. Danny at Counts, he stays in his lane. You know what I mean? All these shops that are making it, take note, motherfuckers. Okay. Because they, they are doing it in a way that other people have a hard time doing. They, they, they don't, they don't have pride. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're just, they're just doing it because they're business people and that's how they know you know what I mean? They yeah. know. I, well, I mean, there, there
0: there is a there's a sense of accomplishment. I'm sure they like, and I'm sure they there is. They, they like the fact that they assembled the right people at the right time to build the right car and have exactly. it roll out of their shop that they paid rent or paid mortgage on. Wow. Like, but, they I, over, but I built that, but I didn't put my hands
1: on it. But they ain't over put, They they ain't put more air in their head than they need to. Right, right. You know but what it, I'm saying. But it's
0: like they have the self the the accomplishment feeling of I put this together and I I built the I put this puzzle together to yeah. get this car out of the door. Yeah. Versus, hey, I spent twenty hours. Like a day building this car, and look at me—I built. It's like, right. it's, You don't make money that way, right? Yeah. Like you don't. You can't, you can't spend twelve, fourteen, fifteen hours a day working, just grinding, getting these cars out, doing everything. But I built this thing from bumper to bumper. Every nut and bolt I put in, I tore. I, it's like, how come I'm not famous? How come I'm not it's like? That's yeah. not right. That's yeah. not the right way yeah. to do it.
1: Yeah. If but you t-
0: also got to have enough to know to to oversee the guys doing it and know like, hey, you're not doing that right. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Which is, I don't know if that's easier or harder, but
1: uh, you know, it it was it was a challenge for me. But uh, you know,
0: but that was your grind. I mean, you you were there day to day, day to day, just cutting,
1: cutting, welding, grinding, talking welding, to people, and and like that was my like nemesis. I didn't realize. Like, I remember the first time I realized.
0: Customer service? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, the let's be- touch on that.
0: The, the beast that let's, is customer let's service. Touch
1: on that for a minute, okay? <laughs> I remember specifically one time, I used to go to car shows all the time. All the time. I used to have my beer, you know, cruise with my lady, you know, and this was before, you know, everything got to where it was, okay? But I remember one time, you know, part, part, part of my life where I enjoyed going to car shows and just hanging out and nobody coming up to me, you know, the occasional, Oh, this is a cool car, you know, whatever. Cool. You know, I'm hanging out with my friends. I'm hanging out with my wife, I'm doing whatever. But I remember one time after I had my shop, all these people like, you know, wanted to talk to me. And wanted to talk to me about their cars and blah blah blah. And I remember one time I was a real asshole to this guy. And I'm like, man, just fucking get out of here, dude. Leave me alone. I don't care about your car, dude. And my wife is like, Kyle, you cannot talk to people like that. And I'm like, what do you mean? You're like, she's like, You're fucking you're not here having fun anymore. You're you're you're, at, you're at a car show working you're, right now. You're on the clock. We have a business to run and you yeah go apologize to that man right now. I remember my ex-wife told me that. And I was like, oh man, like she's right. You know, like I'm not here at this car show just having fun anymore. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, I'm having fun now, but I had to, that was like a real point in my life where I had to like, understand that like people are going to want to talk to you. People are going to want to interact with you. And you got to, you got to like, I don't want to say make them feel great. You know what I mean? But like, even if you don't want to listen to what they're saying, you have to listen. (laughs) You have to listen. If you're going to be a successful business person or whatever, I feel like you have to listen, especially in the car world because people are weird about their cars. Yeah. They are, they are, um,
0: very passionate
1: emotionally Man. attached yeah yeah there's that, a you know? lot of emotion involved with these cars and and, oh, yeah. and 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 you know a lot of guys just people just people just want to talk
0: and they we wanna... and we and we have our vehicles that i'm sure you have one i mean we we all have the one right that's like yeah. reminds us of being a kid yep the one that your mom took you to school in whatever it ends up being 66 chevy impala for me right see yeah everyone's got that one and uh Or two or three. I mean, I I grew up with a lot of cars in my family. So like they were all pre-60s. But that's the thing is everyone has that. And when they come to you looking to get it restored, that's that one car. Yeah. Right? And it's hard to remember because you go through so many cars and it's just another car, just another car. And I think you get a little less emotionally attached as it goes it doesn't become such a big emotional attachment for you of course it is you see one and it still reminds you it still it still hits that button for you right you see right. It and you're like oh it reminds me but it's not quite as as severe but th- they, you get these cars that people have had their whole life and now they're in their late 40s or 50s and they finally got enough money saved up to actually get this car restored and now it's like this is it this is their holy grail right yeah and it's like they're finally going to get their
1: dad's is this going to be the but, guy to do it Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? At this car show, like I'm going to go talk to this guy. Right. You don't realize that this guy's been thinking about it for weeks. Right. You know, or months or years.
0: But he also doesn't realize you just had 15 other conversations. Exactly. And it's like, it's so hard because there's no right way to handle it. And it's, and it's the same. And it's funny. We were just talking about this in the Facebook group. And, uh, we were talking about um, uh, clients calling you after hours. So yeah. You water pump and now there's a coolant leak and, and it's, but you gave it back to them on Friday at five and it's like, everything's good now. Saturday morning they get out, there's a coolant leak and they're calling you. And it's yeah. like, do you answer that call? You know? You have to. I mean, you have to. Right. But it's like, so it's like the same things being at a car show. It's like, you got to talk to, them you gotta talk you to him. You got to talk to them, but you got to be nice about it. Yeah. You know? And it's like, it almost needs like a little self-reflection on yourself to be like, hey, you know what? I'm here because these people are, you know, they're talking to me because they're giving me their pride and joy. Yeah. But you kind of forget that after a while because it's such a day in and day out job, and you 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 got to stop and realize like, wow, this is like pretty cool that this guy wants me out of everybody else. Yeah. To 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 work on this emotional piece of history. Yeah. Right for them, and it's yeah. like. But you lose that quickly, you know, (laughs) and it's the same thing with just just general auto repair. It's like, this is their livelihood. This is what they use day in and day out, take their kids to school, they go to church on Sundays or whatever they're doing with it. And it's like, they're taking that piece of their life and handing it to you to take care of. Yeah. So yeah, you do have a responsibility and it's really hard to, after day-to-day grind years and years and years to like to like take yourself back a little bit to day yeah. one of you opening the shop and that first customer coming like oh my god thank you so much for like right. letting me do this and you're so excited and jazz you're like yeah. wow i can't believe this guy's gonna let me work on their car like that's I can't jazzed. believe this like, guy just
1: gave me all that money you I know what he I mean? just gave yeah. me a hundred thousand dollars
0: to build this car that's crazy like yeah. that's so cool good and then it's like translate that five years later and it's like dude, what do you want me to do for you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hear about it, man. You got money or not? And you got like, money or not. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it just, yeah. it just happens so quick, you yeah. know, even though five years is not a long or it's not quick, but it's also not a long time, you know, but it's just, it's in this field. It's, it's just such a grind day in and day out. And it beats you up mentally and physically and emotionally that you lose it
1: so fast. You gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta want it, you know, and you gotta realize like, you know, this, your radio show, there's people that hear you on your radio show, but don't want anything to do with you as a shop. Yeah. But they want to say hi to you and shake your hand because you're on the radio show. You know what I mean? You got to be nice about that. You know what I mean? It's uh,
0: and I, and I mean, I I appreciate it too. I mean, and I'm, I try to be well aware of, you know, where I'm going and who's going to be there. And I'm like, okay, this is, here we go. Like game face on, you know, like, yeah. But, uh, see with
1: me, with me though, when I was younger and going through all that stuff and opening. I didn't see any of it like that. Right. I didn't, I didn't think about any of that at all. So, and that's happened to me a lot in my life and in, in so many different areas of my life. And I'm glad I've been able to figure it out at a certain point and I won't get into my personal, my personal life, but like there's, that's a, I didn't see anything like that, you know, like when I, when I was on Danny's show, like 250 million people saw that show, you yeah. know, me at my shop, not, uh, not, a, Danny even told me, he's like, dude, 250,000 people are going to watch this, you know, when it airs and blah, blah, blah. And they still air it. That was like 10 years ago. They still air it. People still call me, dude, I just saw you on TV. But like, I, it, I had no idea didn't even think about people showing up to my shop looking for you just i want a hug and i want a picture with you dude right you know what i mean yeah. i remember the first time a guy walked up to my shop and he's like dude yeah i saw you on tv i just you know i want to I want, you know can, can i can i get a picture with you and i'm like fuck all right you know like it, it was like it was that was the first moment that i thought about that you know yeah, yeah. and i had to like do this for this guy even though i felt uncomfortable doing it you know
0: you're like what for yeah
1: you want me to build you something do you you need something (laughs) it was very uncomfortable for me that moment yeah when that that guy came up to my shop you know i wish i wish i could tell the guy i'm sorry like today you know what i mean and give him an actual hug Yeah, give him an actual hug and take a picture with him. Like again, you know what I mean? Because his experience just wasn't what he wanted, you know, it wasn't what he wanted, you know, and that comes with the territory. If you're doing, if you're doing big things, you know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta understand, you gotta understand. I
0: I think a lot of look and watch these shows and they're like, I want to be that guy. And, and it never really happens, you know, and it's, yeah. it's typically the ones, like you said, with the car, when you built the car, yeah. you had no intentions of it being what it turned into being. And that's no usually idea. how it goes. If you build a car with the thought of this thing's going to be the next whatever, yeah, it usually doesn't happen. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like it always happens like that, no yeah. matter what it is. It's like, yeah. this This is going to be the next thing or this yeah. is going to be whatever and it ends up not. But it's like, it's, it's all the stuff that like you don't think twice about and boom, there it happens. Yep. And you're like, what the... That really, that's yeah. what everyone's
1: jazzed about. Yeah, I like. I got stuff that's it's way It's like going to the swap meet with all kinds of parts, and you <laughs> sell the like dumbest part you have. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's you're like, like all this, and I sold that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. A point, that's a
0: good point. That's a good way to look at it, too. Like, really, From that's what everybody parts, wanted.
1: That the guy wanted that bracket. He's jazzed about that bracket. Wow, that, right on! I've right. had that for twenty years. You know, <laughs> sweet. I almost threw it away on yeah, yeah, here. You know, yeah, like fuck it.
0: Yeah, it, oh it, my it's god, it's crazy how that stuff kind of pans out that way, and it usually does too.
1: It just, it just blows me away every time. Just do it because you love it. That's the best advice I can give anybody. Do it because you want to do it. Don't do it for anybody else. Do it for you. Be kind to other people, you know what I mean? And and do your best. Do your best at what you do, you know?
0: And I think you have to kind of step back and reassess your own situation as the years go on, right? Yeah. Because you never know where you're going to be or what's going to happen. And like in in your situation, maybe taking a step back and be like, wow, I'm going to be this famous guy. Maybe the life would have gone in a different direction, you know, but it's really hard in that process of like, this is not, this is not why I'm doing it. I did it because I just wanted to build cars, Yeah. but you realize like, well, that's not what the industry is trying to get you to do. That's not, that's not where life's taking you right now. Exactly. And you, and the more you fight it, the worse it gets, you know, but if it's not ultimately what you wanted either, then it's time to just get out of it anyway. Yeah. Not out of the industry, but out of what the direction is taking you. Right. You know, exactly. Like maybe this isn't exactly what I want maybe I just want to build cars for somebody or whatever the path ends up being. Maybe I don't want to be a shop owner. Maybe I just want to be a tech. Maybe I just.
1: I'm back to the part where before I opened up my shop, I built cars for myself. I built cars for myself and it, it just was fun. It was fun. I could go. I could do whatever I want. Nobody was telling me how to build it, and it was just great. And I remember I used to. I had a shop at my house, and people would always ask me, you know, like, "Oh, would you do this for me?" And I would always tell them, "No, you know, I only do my own stuff." You know, and then and then I, then I remember in two thousand, I think it was like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, the recession hit, and like I was fighting for hours at work, you know, and I, that never happened, and. I told this guy one day, it was like a $50,000 job that he wanted me to do for him. You know, he's like, dude, I got 50 grand and blah, blah, blah. And I probably would have made like 25 grand. It would have only taken me a month. You know what I mean? But I told him no, you know, I'm like, no, I don't do that. I don't build shit for people. And the guy left and it like hit me in the head. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, that's just one guy. Right. That's one guy, and I get people like this all the time. But I'm back to the point in my life, let's fast forward, what's that, almost 15 years ago? I'm back to the point in my life where I just want to work for somebody. I want to I do good. I want to take care of my family. But I also want to build cars. But I don't want to build cars for anybody else. I want to build cars for me. And if you want to buy my car, great. Yeah, and that's where I'm at. Yeah, so that's it's a safe, safe place to be. It's a safe place to be. Yeah. you know.
0: Now, now, day to day kind of uh, work for you now. Just
1: basic wrenching, right? I mean, basic wrenching. I do a lot of fabricating. You know, I bring a lot to. I bring a lot to the shop. I think um, since I've been there, you know, they they uh, they didn't really do what we do now, like we're doing the occasional LS swap. Now we're doing a lot more custom suspension, work, custom, you know, just anything custom that involves tubing or sheet metal or anything. We're doing that now. And they didn't used to do that before, but I still put on camper shells. I still put on hitches, you know, I still get the jobs that I don't want to do, but I got to do them. You know, it's, it's, it's what's on my part of the deal. It's part of the deal, part of the
0: deal, but, I, was, I bring that up because I think the whole the whole building cars thing is such a uh, huge umbrella term to use. So you're obviously, I mean, you're still in like the kind of process of building cars in a sense. Yes. But the, the whole different thing here is taking a car and stripping it down to nothing and building it up and building it up to a certain standard. Yes. It's totally different than putting a lift kit on. Doing fabrication work. Yes. Doing an LS swap. Yes. It's different. It's way different. (laughs) It's It's not the same thing. It's not. You LS swap uh, Monte Carlo. You didn't build a car. You did not build a car. Right. Exactly. Don't get it
1: twisted, right? Don't get it twisted. (laughs) Stay in your lane. Stay in your damn lane. I'll tell everybody out there right now, stay in your lane. If If you had the machine shop guy do all the machine work on your engine, okay, and you assembled it. You did not build that motor, no, nope. okay?? Right. You assembled an engine, right. okay? So stay in your lane, please, okay?
0: Yeah. A little and it's and it just goes with a grain of salt and just to say, stay humble. Stay just humble. Just stay humble. You're not yeah, yeah, it takes a lot. And you you watch the the TV shows and you watch these guys put these cars together and you're like, I can do that. They did that in a week. It's a lot of work. so much incredible amount of hard work and education and just so much. And yeah, like like you said, a disc brake conversion, an LS swap. These kinds of things are not building cars. Yes. Right. Exactly. Performance upgrades. So yes. I don't even know what you. I don't even know how. You I don't categorize. even know what you really call it. Categorize. Yeah. That is just like the quick and easy. Those are the week long jobs. Exactly. Yeah. You
1: put a dress on that car. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. You, you took <laughs> your lady. Yeah. You took your lady out. You know what it's I mean? In high heels. You now. Put some Good high job. heels on there. There you go. Exactly. Good job, <laughs> Maybe you had to cut
0: well a little bit, so you made the high heels a little shorter or longer. Exactly. Whatever you want to call it, it's not the same. Airbag, all that stuff is is not the same as building a car. Exactly. And so I think a lot of guys get into it too, way over their head. And I appreciate the headstrongness of like getting in there and, and like you got to open a business, you like get in there. Yeah. Get jump in. Don't don't be dipping your toe in. Jump in head. You got to jump in head first. But. It, it, it like translates really kind of loosely to, to building a car. Cause you got to kind of do the same thing, but you also got to know what
1: you're getting your direction. Into. You're going. Yeah. Like what yeah.
0: you like, it is just unbelievably time consuming, money consuming, all consuming. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, the last, the last two cars I've built. Okay. So I've been out of prison since 20, since 20 July of 20. I've built two cars for myself. I built a 54 Lincoln and, and and I built a 1930 Model A, so really I didn't build the Lincoln, I just modified it. But the but the rat he- rod he- he- heavy modifications heavy modifications yes yes but uh, but I also like I knew the direction that I wanted to go with these cars before I started yeah I didn't just pull them apart not knowing what I was going to do
0: yeah
1: you know so that's a lot of what people I see do a lot they make the mistake. It's like, oh, they want to just rip it apart. It's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait a second. Oh, I want to paint it. Well, how much money do you got? You know what I mean? Like, why don't you just clean it? (laughs) Why don't you just clean it? Okay. Like, I met this lady in Santa Margarita, California. I was picking up this car for a friend of mine. We were taking it back. And she's like, I got one of these cars just like this. And she's like, I want to get it painted, but I've had it for 20 years. And the guys, they want to charge me $20,000 to paint it. And I'm just like, well, why do you want to paint it? Well, I don't know. Isn't that what you do? No. (laughs) Why don't you just drive it? Enjoy it. Have a good time with it. You know what I mean? Like know what you want to do. You know, paint's expensive. Yeah. Paint's expensive, people.
0: Yeah, if you expensive. don't
1: think painting your car is not expensive, you have, you need to check yourself. Okay. <laughs> got another thing coming. You got another thing coming. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, uh, I like knowing where I'm going in a direction. I like staying in my lane yeah. nowadays. Right. Before I didn't stay in my lane. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. I found, where my, I found where my lane is as far as the automotive industry. It's suspension and sheet metal and fabricating. I like doing that stuff. Yeah. That's what I'm going to focus my rest of my life on to get better. I'm not going to try and be a painter. I'm not going to try and be a transmission guy. I'm not going to try and be an engine builder. Right. That's a lot. I'm going to focus on what I'm good at, what I've gotten better at, and what I enjoy doing. And that's that's the fabricating part of it. That's a hard it. thing
0: to do. I think that's the hardest thing for... I mean, for every I mean, everybody in this industry, everything looks so cool. And I think the big lure about being in this industry is being able to show up every day and having something a little different on your docket. Yeah. And I think that's the big lure. I think that's all our mindsets, all of us, whether we're well, I mean, whatever. Anybody in the auto industry loves being able to walk in and not do the same damn thing over and over, over and the over, the same again. oil change or the same brake job. And a lot of techs are leaving the dealerships because of that. They don't want to do the same thing over and over. Exactly. And and so that's the big lure about getting into fabrication. Man, that's going to be like, I get to weld and cut and do all kinds of stuff all the time. And it's like, well, you can just like find something a little different in the shop to do, you know, yeah. learn, learn how to build a transmission. Right. You're probably not going to like it, but maybe you will, <laughs> maybe learn, learn about engines a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, for me moving in more and more every day into more of a shop owner aspect, I'm learning that I need to stay in my lane as like an owner yeah. and really dedicate myself to keeping the guys busy, keeping them happy. And, and not put so much on my own plate as far as, you know, building the transmission. or So I, I've done the same thing. I've cut back and, and trying to redirect my own path, you know, and it's like, it's like trying to take a ship as like, like the Titanic. Do you like, swerve to avoid the iceberg or do you like, start course correcting so, ever so slightly that before you know it, you're going a different way. Yeah. And it's like, I I don't know what the best way to go is. Some guys like to rock the boat in a sense and crank that wheel. And now we're headed this way guys. Yeah. Some other guys like to change the sails and all of a sudden before you know it, you're heading West when you're heading North It's like, so it's, it's very difficult to, to find your lane yeah. and, and to keep course that way. So yeah, it's, it's good to hear that you've found that path. You're staying on that. Staying motivated on it Is the biggest part of the Yeah way. Yeah I mean that's That's the hardest thing to do Like what do I do Like you said Everybody wants to paint a car You know Everyone gets into the building of cars The building in quotes of cars I'm gonna get a paint booth I'm gonna put a paint booth in my shop Like Whoa Yeah Dude
1: I'll pray for you <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just just go use the guy down the street. Just man. go pay the guy who knows pay how to do it. Pay the guy who knows what he's doing. Pay the guy. Just pay him. Yeah. Move on with your life. Yeah. Do what you do and then have that car divided up. I just
1: Or he, be prepared. Be prepared to work your ass off for the rest of your life and try and learn new things. Like I'm not saying don't learn new things, but like I am saying stay in your lane. Yeah. Stay I in your mean, lane.
0: We all can't be Richard Rawlings. You exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, more power to you if you can make it. Yep. Right. But I think the biggest demotivator in the industry or the biggest thing that like crushes a lot of egos is that you've been at 10 years and you haven't made it. So now you want to give up and you want to failure.
1: Fail. You got to fail to, you have to fail.
0: Gonna, I believe you're going to fail. You
1: will You're going to fail. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. one way or another, but if you ain't scared, you ain't going fast enough. can yeah. block. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it, uh, it's, it's real right yeah
0: but it's it's important like you said stay in your lane because that's going to keep you on track keep you motivated you're going to get really really good at that one thing yeah and you're going to start noticing these things like wow like it's getting easier for me I'm doing more and better things yep you start spreading yourself so thin trying to do all these different things and it's like it's not working out for me yeah. I'm not <laughs> I've been doing this 10 years and I'm like I'm not getting any better what's you know? going on you yeah. know yeah.
1: yeah so yeah yeah I love cars I love the industry. I love the competition. I love the competitiveness. But most of all, I love the haters.
0: And you love welding.
1: I love welding. Welding is and great. And you love my welding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, this is this has been good. This has been a really good one. So I appreciate you coming <clears> out. <throat> I
1: appreciate you having me here, man. This was fun.
0: Yeah, this was really good. So. This was good. Hopefully somebody out there can take at least one little small nugget from everything that's been said in yeah. the last hour or so, and use it for
1: themselves. Exactly. Or and hate. if you're and or if hate you're hate. out there, I'm not an asshole anymore like I used to be. Okay, so <laughs> just come up and say hi. You know what I mean? I'd love to talk to you about cars. I'll talk oh, to you about cool. them all day. I'll talk all day now. All day, like whatever. I'll yeah, that's cool. We'll
0: right on, man. <laughs> all right, brother.